Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Okay, I'm going to ask you again. Do you got any guts? Do you got any guts? I'm going to ask you today to put away your religion. I'm going to ask you to put away every book you've read, every movie you've seen, every TV show you've viewed, every art gallery that you went to. I want you to put them all away and every Sunday school class that you've been in. You know, there's one thing all these Christian denominations and churches say, say they have in common, and that is the Word of God. And we are only going to look at the Word of God today. We're not going to look at anything else. And I am going to challenge you of what you have grown up in, what you have heard. And I'm going to ask you, do you have the guts to believe the Bible, the Word of God, and nothing else? It says in Mark, Jesus said, the tradition of man has made the Word of God of none effect. The Bible won't work if you look at your tradition and not the Word of God. So we are only going to look at the Word of God, only. You ready? Turn with me to John 1. I spoke of this last week. I started off with, in the beginning was the Word. This is the Word we're looking at. And we're going to begin in verse 15 today. It says, John bare witness of him, of who? Of Jesus, and cried, saying, This is he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And that goes back to verse 1, in the beginning was the word. Now look at 16. And of his fullness. Whose fullness? Jesus. And of his fullness. All the miracles Jesus did. All the words that he spoke. Of his fullness have all we received. And grace. Grace for grace. What is grace? Easiest way, unmerited favor. Unmerited favor, something you don't deserve. Grace for grace. Now, this is the verse I want to get to. This is written in the Word of God. The Word of God cannot be broken. It's forever. The world will disappear, but the Word of God will stay forever. This is the Word of God. For the law was given by Moses. For the law was given by Moses. What was the law? It included the Ten Commandments. That's the first thing Moses got was the Ten Commandments. On two big stones. What does it say? For the law was given by Moses. But. But. You hear that word? But. There is a distinction here. There is a one side and there's another side. On one side, you've got the law of Moses. Now, what's on the other side? What is written in the Word of God? But grace and truth came by who? Who? Jesus. Came by Jesus Christ. Grace came by Jesus. The law came by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. There are two different entities here. 
Which one are you going to follow? Now, let's go to, God's got me skipping all the way around. Go to Hebrews 8 with me. We're going to take a look at this. Hebrews 8, verse 7, simple verse. For if, if, you know some of the strongest words in the Bible are about this big. But if, if that first covenant had been faultless, if that first covenant had been faultless, if it was so perfect that it made you perfect, then what? Then it says, then should no place have been sought for a second. If the first covenant, the law, the Ten Commandments would have worked, why did God have to have a second covenant? Why did he bring in another one? Why? Because the first one didn't work. The first one didn't work. And it wasn't the law that didn't work. It was us. It was us. Romans says the law was good, but, there's that but again, it was us. Now, let's go to, let's go to Acts 15. We're going to take a look at what Peter said about these two different covenants, these two entities, how they're so different. Acts 15, I'm going to begin in verse 5. This is after the Holy Spirit was given. This is after they all spoke in tongues. This is, then there came a problem. You know why? Because the Pharisees and the priests, a bunch of them were believing the gospel. They were believing. It says, but there rose up a certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed. Which believed. You see that? Which believed. Saying, it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. They're talking about the Gentiles here. They're talking about the Gentiles. You know, when it comes to God, there are only two different people. Only two. There are no black and yellow and red and orange, and as Joel would say, green. There is only two different people. You were either a Jew or you were a Gentile. Most of us in this congregation right here and most of us listening to me are Gentiles. Gentiles. We are not black, we are not yellow, we are not white, we are not Indian, we are not... That's not how God sees us. He sees us as Gentiles, if we are not born again. We'll get into that later. Okay, Acts 15. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Command them to keep the law of Moses is the head of your organization that you go to every Sunday morning commanding you to keep the law of Moses? Well, look what Peter says. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider the matter. And then there was much disputing. Peter rose up. Now, who was Peter? Peter was Jesus' right-hand man. He was the one that Jesus dealt with the most. Why? Because Jesus knew what Peter was going to have to do. He was going to bring the gospel to the Jews, and he was the first one that was going to tell the Gentiles. Let's read on. Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles, that's us, by my mouth should hear 
the word of the gospel and believe. Where did our gospel come from? It came out of Peter's mouth. And God, which knoweth the hearts, and bear them witness, the Gentiles witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. Those people got the Holy Ghost, and they weren't even following the Ten Commandments. Do you see that? Those people that were with Cornelius got the baptism in the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues, and they weren't even following the Ten Commandments. Now, how can that be? Let's speak on. And the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference, no difference between us and them, no difference between the Jews and the Gentiles, purifying their hearts, purifying their hearts by how? By faith. By faith. They got their hearts purified by faith. And now, look what Peter says. Got a hold of that chair you're sitting in? Now look what Peter says to the apostles and elders. The apostles and elders of the church. Some were there on the day of Pentecost. And what does Peter tell them? Now therefore, why tempt you God? Why tempt you God? This is Peter saying this. Why tempt you God to put a yoke on the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? What's he talking about? He's talking about the law. Why tempt you God who just gave the Gentiles the baptism in the Holy Spirit, had them born again, baptized in water. Why tempt you, God, in making them walk in the law when he had already given them the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Jesus and baptized in water? Why tempt you, God? That's what Peter told them. Do you see? You are not to walk in the law. That's what Peter said. You are not to walk in the law. Why? Because we got something so much better. So much better than the law. Let's go on. Now, therefore, why tempt you, God, to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved. How are we saved? How are we saved? Are we saved by thou shalt not? Are we saved by thou shalt not commit adultery? Are we saved by thou shalt not lie? Are we saved by thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife? No. How are we saved? By the grace of the Lord Jesus. What does it say in John 1? The law came by Moses, but grace. And truth, truth came by Jesus. Do you hear that? The truth came by Jesus. The law came by Moses. And let's go on. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even 
as they. Let's go to Galatians 3. Let's see somebody else's opinion about this. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul. He says, oh, foolish Galatians. These were Gentiles he was talking to. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? And what is the truth? It's in the next phrase. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. What is the truth? Jesus crucified. That is the truth. You, some of you have said your whole life you've been seeking the truth. Well, Paul just told you what the truth is right here. The death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Received you the Spirit by the works of law or by the hearing of faith? Are you able to speak in tongues because of the works of the law or because the hearing of faith? It says, are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Look at this. Having you have suffered so many things in vain, if it yet be in vain. How are you saved? You are saved by faith. Not by works, you are saved by faith. Now, look at verse 5. He, therefore, that ministereth to you the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law? Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? When you go to that service to be healed, does that man that ministers or that woman that ministers the power of God in front of you, do they say, okay, thou shalt not commit adultery, and everybody's healed. Thou shalt not lie, and everybody gets prosperity. Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife or their donkey, and that's where your forgiveness comes in. Is that what happens? Is that what happens? You're saying right now, well, there's no miracles in my church because you're under the wrong covenant. You got the wrong covenant. There's no power in that covenant. There's none. Where's the power? It's not in the law. What does it say, Romans 1.16? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, because it is the power of God unto salvation. Where is the power? The power is in the gospel. It's not in the law. You got no miracles? You got no power of God? You're under the wrong covenant. You're under the wrong covenant. Where are you supposed to be? Jesus died for you. He was buried for you. He was raised again for you. That's where you're supposed to be, not under the Ten Commandments. You say, but we fight to have the Ten Commandments up on the wall. Why? There's no power in it. Amen. Take them down. Amen. What do you put up instead? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Put that up instead. All right, turn with me to Philippians 3. 
I'm going to begin in verse 3. This is Paul speaking about himself. He said, for we are the circumcision, the Jews, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. Hear that? What do they rejoice in? We rejoice, thou shalt not commit adultery. Really? Think about it. We are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. Yes, these are the words of God I'm speaking. That's your tradition that's talking to you right now. Put your tradition away and believe the word of God. Believe the word of God. Get that Bible off the shelf, dust it off, and start reading it. And begin in Isaiah 52 and 53. Then go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the epistles. And then start reading the Psalms out loud. And you will find that what you have your faith in is the reason why it won't work. You've got your faith in the wrong covenant. Now, let's go back. This is Paul speaking. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now, look at what Paul says about himself. That I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh he have wherever he might trust in the flesh, I more. He said, circumcised the eighth day. That's under the law of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness. Look at this. Look at this right here. Touching the righteousness, which is of the law, blameless, blameless. Paul walked in this Law, blameless. If anybody could rejoice in walking in the law, it was Paul. He was the epitome of the law. Blameless. Didn't screw up once. Now, what's it say? Touching the law, blameless. But, there's that word but again. This is Paul speaking. But. What things were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. He counted the law lost. He, look at the next verse. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, all things, including the Ten Commandments, all things things and do count them but down but count them but down he put away the law and counted all things being perfect in the law he counted down why why would a man do that next part that i may win christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. His righteousness now comes by faith. And what does he get for that righteousness that comes by faith? Not by what he did, but by faith. Not of works. Not by what he did. I didn't touch my neighbor's wife. I've never lied. 
I haven't even looked at my neighbor's wife. I love God with all my heart. I don't have an idol in my house. Oh, don't count that car in the garage. Verse 10, that I may know him, that I may know Jesus, and what else? And the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. The power doesn't come through the Ten Commandments. The power comes through the resurrection. Now, where's your faith supposed to be in? It's in the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It is not in the law. Your faith is not in the law. There is no power in the law. It won't save you. What saves you? That Jesus died for you, that he bore your transgressions, that he bore your perversities, that he bore your sickness, that he bore your weaknesses, that he bore your sin on his own body, that he bore your peace, that he bore your poverty. He bore it on his own body, and he went to the cross for you, and then he went to hell for you, and his body waited in the grave for you. What was he waiting for? For the Father to be satisfied what Jesus did for you. Jesus was your sacrifice. Forget that cow that they put on the altar way back 3,000 years ago. There is a sacrifice for you that lasts forever. And that sacrifice was made for you from a man. That man laid his life down for you. That man became your sacrifice. That man laid out his life before the Father and said, I'll be their sacrifice. I'll take their sin. I'll take their poverty. I'll take their sickness. I'll take their perversities. And I'll pay for it in hell. And when the Father saw that what Jesus did was everything that Jesus had to do, he was satisfied and told Jesus and us, and us, it's enough. It is enough. And he raised Jesus from the dead. You know why he could raise Jesus from the dead? Because the sins, our sins on Jesus were forgiven. Because the sicknesses, our sicknesses were healed. Because he satisfied the Father. And the Father said, that's enough. I'm satisfied. You're all coming out of the grave. You're all coming out of the grave. That's what you put your faith in. That is what you put your faith in. That's what you look to. That's what you trust in. That's what you hang on to. That's what you look at when the situation looks bad. You look at the death, burial, and resurrection. You don't look at the situation. You never look at the situation because that's a lie. What is the truth? Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The gospel came by Jesus Christ. That is what you trust in. Now, to do that, you have to be born again. You have to be. You have to get the spirit of Jesus inside of you. The law won't save you, but Jesus will to the uttermost. And how do you become born again? It says in Romans 10, if you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and you confess it with your mouth, you shall 
shall, it's a promise, you shall be saved. And that saved means anything you need to get fixed. Anything. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. 
Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.